0: Hello and welcome to episode 12 of the Witcher chapter-by-chapter chapter book review where I'll go through a summary of what happened in the latest chapter and give my detailed thoughts on it. Today I'll be discussing story 5, The Sword of Destiny, from book 2, Sword of Destiny. Well, we've made it to the self-titled, is that the right way to describe it? Uh, self-titled story? The, the, the name of the story is the name of the book, that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Uh, I'm not going to dilly-dally, I'm just going to jump right into it. I think that's what I do most episodes anyway. But that is because this is a long summary I've got for you guys. It's it's just that there, there's a lot of very important things that happen in this story. This is very exciting because there's some pivotal moments and we get some major callbacks to previous events, not just from stories in this book, but stories from The Last Wish. So, without further ado, I'll just jump right into the recap of last episode in case you missed it or you need a refresher, and then we'll go into the summary of The Sword of Destiny followed by my thoughts and general discussion on what happened in the story. So, recap. Last episode... Geralt and Dandelion were working in Bremenvoord, where they came across Dandelion's old fellow musician friend, Essie Davin, who instantly fell in love with Geralt, who sadly didn't reciprocate those feelings. Right before leaving the town, they witnessed the Duke getting to be with the woman he loves, a mermaid who turned into a human for him. Geralt, Dandelion, and Essie traveled together for a little and then parted ways, Geralt and Essie parting ways for good, as it's disclosed that she passed away four years later from smallpox. Okay. Here we go with the Sword of Destiny. The Sword of Destiny begins with Geralt entering Brokilon Forest on a diplomatic mission for King Venslav seeking the dryad ruler of the forest, Ithne, to discuss Venslav's intentions. Entering the forest, he discovers the body of a young teenager shot through the eye with an arrow and shortly after discovers another body of a man also killed by arrows. He then comes across a man, Fregxenet, an acquaintance from Geralt's past he once helped lift a curse from, wounded on the forest floor from an arrow. A lot of arrows. Geralt approaches Fregxenet, who tells him to leave him and try to find the princess. Before he can do anything, a few warning arrows are shot in his direction. Geralt knows these arrows are from the Dryads who protect Broccalon Forest, and they are completely unwelcoming to any outsiders. He addresses them in a form of the elder speech, their native tongue, and explains who he is and why he's there. A few come out of hiding, and because Eithne's familiar with him, and he's been there before, they do not kill him. They agree to let one of the dryads, a young woman called Brienne, escort Geralt to see Eithne. The two travel together for the rest of the day through the vast, hostile forest that's riddled with booby traps, until it's too dark to travel and they must stop to sleep for the night. The next morning, they set off again, but stop and they hear a high-pitched scream. The scream came from a little girl, described as being no older than ten, who was about to be attacked by a giant centipede-like creature. Geralt rushes to her defense and is assisted in killing the monster by Brienne, who shoots it with a bow. Because Broccolon Forest is the most unusual place to stumble upon a little girl, Geralt Geralt asks her who she is and how she got there. She says her name is Ciri and Geralt realizes she's the princess Fregsnet was looking for. When Geralt tells her he'll deliver her back to Verden, she runs away, but she's quickly stopped when Brand starts shooting warning arrows in her direction. Ciri doesn't want to answer any of Geralt's questions and shows him disrespect by threatening to have him beheaded. Geralt feigns indifference and agrees to leave her behind, which scares Ciri, and she agrees to travel with them. She's still reluctant to go, though, because she's afraid Geralt will take her back to Verden, where she escaped her arranged marriage to the prince. Geralt, Brienne, and Ciri continue to Duen Canal, the heart of Brocolon, where they're to meet Eithne. The trio continue through the forest while Geralt is carrying Ciri piggyback because she hurt her leg. She won't explain where she's from, but she talks about her formidable grandmother a lot. Once night falls, they stop to sleep and Geralt tells the two a story about a cunning fox who meets a traveling cat and tells the cat about he could escape from hunters because he knows many ways to outwit them. But when the hunters arrive, the cat climbs a tree and is safe, but the fox is killed by the hunters. They continue traveling the next morning and eventually arrive at Duane Canal, where Geralt had to be blindfolded walking in so he wouldn't know the way into the sacred heart of the forest. There are many little homes in this area made out of trees, and Brienne takes Geralt and Ciri into one where the wounded Frixenet is recovering from his arrow wound. Ciri has the realization that they only blindfolded Geralt while walking into Duen Canal and not her, and that must mean they plan to keep her there. She becomes upset, but she's interrupted when Eithne appears, stating that no one can escape their destiny. She has Siri taken away and addresses Geralt. Not very happy that he has come to the forest uninvited, he tells her that he came on behalf of King Venslav. But she already knows what the king wants and isn't interested in negotiating with him. But she agrees to hear Geralt out so he can collect his reward. Eithne then addresses Frigga, asking if he's capable of conceiving children. He says he is, and that's all Eithne needed to hear before declaring that once he is healed, she'll have him stay for a bit longer. She invites Geralt to her tree later that evening, and leaves the little tree house. Geralt explains to a confused Frexinet what's going on. They're going to use him to conceive more little dryad children and let them go on his way, and also that they're going to be keeping Siri and turning her into a dryad herself. Later, at Eithne's tree, Geralt finds Siri cleaned up, sitting by Eithne, who is combing her hair. Eithne confirms, as Geralt suspected, she'll be keeping Siri. He argues he'd like to return her home, but Eithne refuses. She says, similarly to witchers invoking the Law of Surprise to continue their succession, the Dryads need more Dryads so that they do not become extinct and can continue defending Broccolone Forest. Geralt directs the conversation to his petition from King Venslav. Eithne already knew, however, that the king wanted her to cede most of the forest to him and would leave her with a small portion that he would help defend. The forest ruler has no interest in submitting to his proposal, explaining that the Dryads have been defending and dying for the forest for hundreds of years, and if they gave any of it up now, all that would have been for nothing. Geralt counters by telling her that because of man's domination over the world, the forest will inevitably fall to the humans, and all the Dryads will eventually be killed, but Nythony still will not surrender. Before Geralt is about to leave, Ciri asks him to stay with her, when they give her the water of Broccolon, which will erase her memory and cause her to have convulsions and tremors right after drinking it, the first part of the process of turning her into a dryad. But when Ciri drinks the water, nothing happens. She's fine and doesn't lose her memory, and declares she'd still like to leave with Geralt, and Aethne agrees. Geralt believes they didn't really give her the water of Broccolon and that they're just letting her go. Aethne challenges this and asks Geralt to drink it, turns out it was real and he starts hallucinating. The first vision he sees is Princess Pivetta of Sintra, who Geralt met at a feast years ago and invoked the law of surprise on her and her lover Dooney. The next thing he sees is her mother Queen Calanthe when he's telling her he'll return in six years for the child surprise. After that he sees Yennefer who's telling him too little and something more is needed. Finally, he sees Calanthe again, bleeding in damaged armor, telling him the Sword of Destiny has two blades, and that he's followed by death, but it cannot reach him, so it settles for those around him. Next thing he knows, he's waking up outside of the forest, and Siri is there saying she only just woke up beside him. Geralt admits to her his realization that he just came upon, something that she already knew, she is the daughter of Pavetta and Duni and the granddaughter of Queen Calanthe of Sintra. So she's Geralt's child surprise. He tells her he'll take her back to Sintra, and the two set off on a path that Ciri is somehow sure is the right one. When they come across a fork in the road, Geralt now knows where he is and says they'll go a certain way, but Ciri doesn't think that way is safe. They go anyway to find that Ciri was right. They soon happen upon a felled tree, murdered merchants, and their horses. And then they're surrounded by armed verdant men who claim they were looking into this ambush done by the dryads. Geralt lies to the men and says they're returning home to Brugga and that Ciri is his daughter. But when Ciri tells the men they were mistaken because dryads love trees and would never chop one down, a fight ensues. Geralt demands Ciri to run, but like the cat from his tail, she climbs up a tree. The Witcher fights the men and is assisted by the dryads in the nearby forest who shoot some down. A few are about to get away. When the skeleton Druid Mausak appears on horseback and uses magic to create an impenetrable wall of tree trunks blocking their escape, and they also get shot with arrows. Siri comes down from the tree for her reunion with Mausak. The three of them set off in the direction of Sintra. While camping during the night, and while Siri is sleeping, the druid and Witcher discuss Siri and how calanthe no longer wishes for her to marry verdant's prince, and how Geralt does not wish to take her with him. He says it's because he's not going to train a girl to become a witcher, but sack insists he at the least be her guardian. But Geralt, knowing that death follows him and not wanting to put her in danger, refuses. He takes off while Ciri is sleeping, and uh, before he gets too far, Ciri wakes, runs after him, pleading with him not to go, saying that she is his destiny. And he just goes anyway. I left that out of what I wrote down. <laughs> yeah, he just keeps going. Doesn't say a word. So that's nice. Well, yeah, that was the Sword of Destiny. First, and probably one of the most important things, just a lot of important things, so maybe I shouldn't be ranking them. First thing I want to talk about is the story from The Last Wish: A Question of Price. So the events from that story have finally resurfaced. And I know I've discussed those events in episodes between then and now, because it seemed like there's a few tiny, very subtle hints here and there that that could come up again, but we were never sure until now. Um, But to give you just a little recap on what went down, Geralt saved Dooney's life at the feast held by Queen Calanthe of Sintra. She tried to have him killed because Dooney invoked the law of surprise on Calanthe's husband right before Pavetta was born. And then, um, and then he claimed Pavetta, but Polanthe didn't want to give her daughter up to him, so she tried to have him killed, which was prevented by Geralt, who then invoked the Law of Surprise on Dooney right before it was announced that Pavetta was pregnant. So their child is Geralt's child's surprise. Around the time Pavetta gave birth... Geralt had already decided he wouldn't claim the child, so that was something that we didn't learn in that story, but we learned in The Last Wish, I think it was part of the same chapter. So they had all those voice of reason sections at the beginning of each story, and or at the beginning of each chapter. And I think it was the beginning of the A Question of Price chapter where Geralt is talking to the priestess Iola, and he says something about how he'll never go back to Sintra. So he never had any intention of actually claiming the child, but he ends up meeting her, by chance, in the story. Uh, really quick, I left this out of the summary, um, in case you did not know. Pavetta and Dooney are now dead. They died when Siri was a baby. Uh, they drowned at sea. So that's pretty crappy. Big part of what goes on in A Question of Price is this discussion of destiny. So... Calanthe tried to stop Dooney from taking Pavetta, and Pavetta's powers exploded and almost killed everyone. I think it actually did kill a few people, and it definitely injured, I think, just about everybody. She interfered with destiny, Calanthe, and there were negative consequences until she agreed to honor the law of surprise. So that was something that happened in that story, was where she tried to stop destiny from working out the way it's supposed to, thats a weird way to describe that, I understand. <laughs> and then something bad happened. So there is Destiny at work in this story, bringing Geralt and Ciri together. It's exemplified throughout the story how dangerous Broccalon is. And I'm still on the point about Destiny. Okay, so I'm going to give some examples about how dangerous Brocklon is so that and you'll see where I'm going with this in a second so Geralt sees a shot 15-ish year old boy who wasn't even in the forest so they're they'll kill people who even get close to the forest you don't have to enter they don't want anyone in there and they've got assassins or snipers whatever you want to call it posted up all throughout the forest too so if they miss you before you even get in they're probably going to get you once you get in even if they don't there's many booby traps there's also giant centipede monsters those are the only monsters we know about, but I'm sure there's more. But Siri ended up there, and she survived all of that. She was about to get killed by a centipede monster, but she didn't. She like she made it pretty far on her own for a while without facing any of those threats until the Centipede Monster. Uh Geralt was there, and she ended up there at the same time. Also, she drank the water of Brocolon and it had no effect on her, and then she was allowed to leave. So I think this is all destiny at work. I think that they're meant to be together. Like the, the two of them are destined for each other. And that is how she didn't get killed in the forest. That's how they ended up there at the same exact time, which is pretty crazy because Geralt has been there in this story that was his third time ever going to brocolon forest so it's not like he's there all the time and it was likely he'd run into her if she happened to stumble upon the forest so it's pretty it's pretty important the thing is though (laughs) carol runs away at the end of the story he's running away from destiny and circling back to what i was originally talking about with the question of price story how calanthe tried to interfere with destiny it immediately led to chaos and something bad happening until she agreed and i know that he already rejected it from the time before siri was even born but i mean he's it, it basically presented itself to him and he still is just like no so that's probably not good so Malsak returns. He was also in the A Question of Price story. That's why I didn't really give him any kind of introduction in the summer because we have met him before. He's not a super important character, but uh, he's a Druid. He's from Skellige. He was visiting Sintra during that feast in A Question of Price, and Calanthe asked him to stay. So he basically became like, uh, what's the word? A um Advisor. <laughs> So yeah, he is basically Calanthe's magic druid advisor. He says to Geralt that it cannot be a coincidence that this is the third time their paths have crossed, meaning Geralt and Ciri. So the first one, just to give you some context and background, uh, was when Pavetta was pregnant. I'm not sure when the other time was. So something, maybe that's something that we'll learn about later, perhaps. But... This this is supposed to be the third time that he's referring to. That's that's a weird. Anybody can invoke the law of surprise, but normally when witchers do it, it's to make new witchers. So to that, Mausak doesn't think Geralt needs to claim her to turn her into a witcher, but just to not interfere with destiny. And I think I should apologize very quick because I am using the word destiny so much. (laughs) And I'm I'm just, I'm hearing it now in my head. I'm thinking this might sound really annoying, but it's in the title of the story and in the book, it's come up. So I'm sorry, but I'm not 100% sorry. I'm 85% sorry if it's annoying you, but what do you expect? I'm just kind of annoying myself. Maybe you didn't even notice, but now it's all you're going to hear when I say it again. Sorry. (laughs) Anyway, geez. Um, yeah. So mouse thinks that it would be a good idea for Geralt to become Ciri's guardian to not interfere with destiny, and then also because she's very comforted by him. Uh, although Geralt is allowed to pass on claiming her, Malzak thinks that it's risky. He says if Geralt doesn't turn their bond into a normal, healthy guardian-child relationship, It may manifest in a negative and destructive way. I don't need to reiterate what I have already said about that. You know, you you understand the consequences that they may be facing. Well, you understand that there could be consequences. Uh, He also says that a bond is created between a child of surprise and the person who invoked the law when the child is born. And that is pretty obvious in this story because Geralt and Siri very quickly developed a nice father-daughter-like relationship. So he was threatening to discipline her, and he gave her food, and he gave her a piggyback ride when her leg hurt, and told her that cute little story about the fox and the cat. And they have this sweet banter back and forth, and he stayed with her when they thought that they were going to keep her and turn her into a little dryad. I understand... Geralt wants to protect her from harm. He thinks death follows him and she'll be at risk if he takes her with him. But I think this was the first time that I got really pissed at him (laughs) in this story. When he left her while she was sleeping. He didn't even say goodbye. And then he didn't even acknowledge her when she was yelling and crying out for him. Oh my gosh, that was awful. I mean, I, I think I see what he was doing, you know, like the whole, you know, just quickly rip the band-aid right off technique, try to make it less painful. But no, nah, that was messed up. I wouldn't have done that. I'm a very different person from Geralt. I get it. But still, that was... <laughs> that was cold. Uh, he cannot have his own kids, Geralt. So I think that maybe being the guardian to his child's surprise would be a good next path for him to take in life. And you know why? Because they have already... It's already been explained to the reader that there's not a lot of available work for witchers. He and Dandelion once talked about him maybe becoming something else. Maybe that could be like a dad, like an adoptive father. I understand though that you don't get paid for that. So that might be an issue, but I don't know. Maybe he could be a farmer and raise Siri on his farm. I don't know. I don't know about all the available work in this world. Like, I don't, I don't know what kind of job, Prospects there are, but I'm sure he could figure something out. I just think that that could be a good next step. But this is just me putting in my two cents on what his decision should have been. And it doesn't matter because it ended up not being that way anyway. Also, if he did bring Siri along with him, it would have been a nice distraction from Yennefer because he's still not over her. I'm not surprised. I don't think he, I'm not saying that you know he should have moved on by now, but I'm just saying he hasn't. We all know it and it it would be nice for him to have something else in his life to focus and to love um sorry to focus on and to love and care for but it's not how that went so oh well all right i want to move on to this topic of the whole child of the elder blood so there are apparently prophecies about children children of the elder blood There is no explanation of what this means, but Aethni kept referring to Siri as that. Usually, we're going to try to dissect it a little bit with all the information that we've been given, but we're still not going to get too far in figuring out what it means. Usually, Elder in this world is referring to elves, so it might have something to do with the elven race. It might also have some meaning tied to inherited magical abilities, uh, Siri's mother, Pivetta, as you know, had natural magical abilities, and Siri seems to show si- um, some signs of having those too. Uh, she said it hasn't been anything like what we saw with Pivetta. Pivetta exploded her, her you know, magic force and sent furniture and people flying about the room. Uh, there's nothing like that <laughs> coming from Siri in this story. I, maybe it will lead up to that at some point. I don't know. But we did see that she touched Geralt's medallion and it vibrated and it only really does that when magic is present. And she also knew the direction on the road they were heading led to something bad. It's that was something that um, Geralt had a feeling she was going to be able to do. I don't know if there are any other examples in the story of her showing any signs of having um, or like possessing magical abilities, but those two alone are enough to prove that something's going on there, and I—that's what I'm wondering if maybe that is what a child of the elder blood means, uh, because I—I I, my understanding, at least up to now, is that people like Yennefer or um, what was that guy's name, Istrid, her former lover—they had to go to school and learn magic. They weren't just born with those powers, I think, but somebody like Ciri seem and Favetta seem to have just been born with it. Maybe we'll learn more about that later. All right. The next thing I wanted to dive into a little bit was a discussion around the Dryads and Broccolon Forest. We've known nothing about that until this story. So, Broccolon Forest has belonged to the Dryads for many, many years. And they viciously, they savagely defend it. I've already talked about that a little bit. But man's expansion, as we already were pretty familiar with at this point in the whole Witcher series, it's it sees no limits. And they want to use the resources and the space that the forest could supply if they could manage to take it over. And Geralt is certain that they will someday. He says to Ethne that only those who assimilate survive. Um, King Erval of Verden is actively trying to influence public opinion and gain support from other monarchs into taking down the dryads. And we see that from the staged merchant ambush. The dryads are dying out, and they don't have the ability to make new ones that aren't part or mostly human. So that means they're going to have fewer soldiers left to defend the forest. And Geralt believes those defending it will be killed. This is why he tries to convince Eithne to submit some of the forest to King Benslav. She do not want to do it, though. So we're left wondering if this will come up again in the future. It could be an important plot point later down the line. It could have just been to create more context for the story. Or, sorry, not more context, more content for the story. Just to give you something else to read about. But... Either way, it's, it's a problem. Uh, It's just, you know, we have gotten to see how the humans work in this world. And they're not all terrible, but there are a lot that just have taken over the world. And, you know, we've seen it with the elves, like they push them outside of society. And then the ones that still do live among them are extremely discriminated against. We know that that happens with dwarves too, and halflings. And Uh, Maybe there's something else I'm forgetting or maybe just don't know about yet. But the uh, dryads of Broccolone Forest are definitely not an exception to the human lust for domination. So my next point is just kind of a quick thing. But, well, it's not really, I guess. (laughs) Uh, So it seems like it's going to be, but then it kind of ties into the whole Siri thing. So, Fregzinet, the guy that Geralt lifted the curse from years back, he's in the forest, he's wounded, he was uh, trying to get Siri, and he's going to be kept there to be used to create more triad babies. <laughs> uh, he says that war with Nilfgaard is looming. Never heard anything about this until now. So, yeah, no other details are shared regarding this, but I mean, it, the word war doesn't sound good. I wonder if Sintra is about to be at war with another country, and then Siri will be put at risk since Carol didn't take her with him. I can back this up with Calanthe, uh, her attempt at creating a marriage alliance with another country because of the threat of war. So it seems like she has a reason to believe they're threatened. Uh, I don't remember... I don't remember Geralt ever being around Calanthe when she was wearing dented, damaged armor, when she was bleeding. And I say that because he has these visions. The first two visions are of um, their memories. I don't know exactly what the third one was, Yennefer. I don't know if that was definitely a memory or not. But the final one of Calanthe talking to Geralt while she's all banged up and bleeding, I think that that was a prophecy. I think that that is something that is coming for the future, and it's just another bad sign that something could be threatening Ciri's safety. So we've got this whole discussion about not obeying destiny. And how bad things can happen when you do that. And then there's also this apparent threat of war coming to series home. It just doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't sound good. I'll leave it at that. Okay. So, um, wrapping this up, Will Siri and Geralt meet again? Was this just a one-time thing to follow up on that one story and then that you know, that's just that and we're gonna move on with new things. Um she could be in danger, you know, with the whole war threat. And um yeah, I just my, my, my thing is that hopefully destiny brings them back together before anything bad can happen. But we'll see. Time will tell. Will Broccolon Forest fall to the humans and the Dryads all become extinct? I hope not. That also just doesn't look good. And Geralt is very smart. He knows the world really well. He travels all around. So if he is convinced that this bad stuff is going to happen with Broccolon Forest, then... there's a good chance that that will happen. And when I say the dryads become extinct, I think that there are more dryads in this world because they're referred to in the story a couple times as eerie wives. And in the last story, A Little Sacrifice, there is a reference to eerie wives, and they're not talking about Broccalon Forest. So I think that they're not exclusive to this. But when I say become extinct, I'm talking about the Broccalon Forest dryads. So the BF dryads. Okay. Anyway, thank you for listening. I, I'm really excited about how far we are into the story now. As you know, I love talking about this stuff, hence the podcast, but I I don't want to wish away all of these stories and chapters because I, I'm enjoying it, but I'm also just really excited that the story's moving along and that we are now on a story that references back to another story, that it's not just all like, I always have a hard time describing this. If you have listened consistently, <laughs> you you know how whenever I'm trying to describe the short stories, I always just hurt myself. But but you know what? I'm not going to bother. You know what I mean? I am beating a dead horse. So I'm just going <laughs> to I'm going to go on the head. All right. Yes. Thank you again and if you didn't know about all of the places where you can listen to this it's available on youtube spotify and apple podcast all under the same name sam fiction and fantasy fun youtube you can watch and you can listen to me talk about it whereas on spotify and apple podcasts you can only listen but you do you it doesn't matter i just appreciate you listening at all so yes thank you again and goodbye